if you don't have the, the budget to make a really big, really polished music video, a lot of the time, a medium-sized music video will hurt the release of the song instead of help it. Because instead of branding you up, it sort of brands you down as somebody who's maybe doesn't have a professional team or they don't have a big budget. And it, that becomes distracting somewhat to the marketing of the song. And so I think this becomes a great alternative for those. Maybe they still go to Berkeley College of Music and they don't have a lot of extra money to be shooting music videos to their first early music. The lyric video is a really strong visual that does not communicate to the viewer, you know, no budget. But at the same time, it is for a much smaller budget than what a big music video would be. You're listening to Music Growth Talks, the podcast for musicpreneurs with Andrew Apanov. Hello, hello everyone. Andrew here with a new episode of the Music Growth Talks podcast. As it often happens towards the end of the year, we've slowed down on delivering new shows a bit, but we'll return to the regular uh, two episodes per month schedule very soon, be sure about that. And uh, if you've been looking forward to a new episode from me, I'm pretty confident this one is worth your wait, as uh, it's a conversation with a successful musician and an entrepreneur. It's my favorite combo. Uh, the name of the guest is Ilvibe. He is an acclaimed hip-hop artist and the founder of LyricVids.com, a popular lyric video creation service. Uh, Ilvibe was a speaker at Future Music Forum in Barcelona. Uh, a conference that uh, I attended a few months back and I'm truly glad uh, I was at his session. Uh, I just knew I wanted him on the podcast right away as, uh, as, as that um, uh, workshop was uh, amazing, very interesting and to the point. And here we are, Ili agreed to be my guest on Music Growth Talks and in this conversation we talked about the growing popularity of video content and music, when lyric videos help in particular and when not to do a full music video. Ili shared uh, his take on vertical videos, explained how to reach new fans on social media by giving them uh, more grab points for things to like. Um, I asked quite a few questions about ads here and Ili did share a bunch of uh, practical great tips on that as well. Overall, lots of useful information here in my opinion, listen to it in full and let us know what you think. Following Ili's advice, uh, which you will hear towards the end of our conversation, I'm giving you a very specific call to action today. Uh, since uh, he is quite active on Twitter. Uh, please tweet what you think about this episode, tagging both uh, Ilvibe and me. So the handles are Ilvibe Music and uh, Meta Andrew. So at Ilvibe Music and at Meta Andrew. Uh, you can also find uh, um, a link to his Twitter profile and uh, all the uh, websites and platforms we're uh, talking about on these episodes in the show notes. Just go to datamusic.com. If you want to remember just one URL, just go uh, to datamusic.com, find uh, a post about this very show and you will find it all there. And please tweet us, let us know what you think on Twitter today. And now to our chat with Ilvibe. Ili, welcome to Music Growth Talks. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. 
Thank you very much for having me. What's the latest with uh, Ilvibe, uh, music-wise? What's what's you've been working on lately? Just curious. Yeah, thanks for asking. You know, music is definitely my first love, and all of the other stuff that I think we'll talk about today kind of sprouted out from that love of of making music and releasing it. So I'm still very much working on my solo music, so to speak. Ilvibe has an album out this year, uh, Anti Gravity. I've been promoting it and traveling around and performing the songs from that. And behind the scenes, we're beginning to write and record the music that we'll put out next year. So, you know, as as we wrap up album release and promotion, we begin to think about what, you know, the next sounds are going to sound like and where do I want to go musically from there. And, you know, simultaneously here in Toronto, Canada, where I'm based, we relaunched uh, my record label, Heavy Ox Records, along with a location and a production house and a recording studio in Toronto. Um, and that's been taking a lot of time in the last month as well. And lastly, I got married a couple of weeks ago. So that's kind Congrats. of been, uh, what I've been doing. Yeah, thank you very much. Awesome. Lots of uh, things going on. And yeah, I mean, it seems like a busy period for, for you for sure. So to everyone listening to us, go to the show notes for all the links to all the related stuff, social media profiles and the website, uh, websites. And uh, yeah, of course... Uh, we link into lyricvades.com as well there. Yeah, so feel free to mention a few words about that project of yours, uh, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So in addition to the music, which is, of course, like I said, is the is from where my heart is, uh, we also run a company called lyricvids.com. We're the web's number one web-based lyric video animation company. So we do all kinds of digital content from animated lyric videos for artists releasing music, but we also sometimes even do festival screens or show screens for behind, you know, DJs and bands and this type of thing, and also promotional videos and some other stuff. Just the idea is to make motion graphics and that really impactful style graphic that we've all come to love from the intros to movies and commercials and TV to make that available to independent artists and musicians. There is a lot of talk about the growth of uh, importance and popularity of videos on social media these days uh, and the data and, and you know, there, there is a lot of studies that prove that. So it seems to be a good time to be in the business and for artists to pay more attention to video. Uh, have you, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a big, it's a topic for the whole podcast essentially, but do you have any, any maybe particular examples of anything recent where you could see how a piece of content uh, created with your platform really directly helped with uh, something measurable such as sales or growth in following or anything else. Any particular case study? Yeah, so what I do lack, unfortunately, coming from lyricviz.com, where we sit in the team for the artist is essentially we are like the hired agency to bring their song to life in a visual medium, you know? So a lot of the time, we actually aren't privy to the retail numbers of those artists later in the process. I think labels aren't accustomed to sharing that data. But here's what I will say. And what we and because we don't have access to that data, what we've really focused on is the branding and the tangible aspects that you can really measure from a distance. And so here are two examples that we see quite a bit. One of them is a collaboration situation where an artist has collaborated with another artist Maybe they're a little bit more famous than them, or maybe they live, you know, they're equally as big, but in a different market, in a different country, and they do a collaboration. And obviously the next thought is, 
we need a really great video for this. But the cost associated with getting that quote unquote legendary artist into a music video or to travel to Europe to shoot the music video is cost prohibitive for that particular act. The lyric video becomes a really strong replacement that allows them to function with all of the next logical steps, the release of the video and the promotion of the video and using video to derive viewers back to Spotify and Apple Music and iTunes, et cetera, et cetera. You can do all of those things without blowing your entire album budget and on an appearance fee for a celebrity singer that you may have been able to get onto your album. You know, that actually happens quite a bit in urban music where you can maybe when I'm performing at a festival, Ill Vibe, you know, I'm chatting with some of the, these artists that are much bigger than myself. And one of the goals is that if I have some real chemistry with somebody, that down the road they might want to collaborate with me. And the reality is to make a video for that is nearly impossible. And so th- we really help solve that problem. And I, th- and I, think, I think that's worth considering is situations where you are, you're helping to solve a problem. The other thing that, that I see really often is if you don't have the, the budget to make a really big, really polished music video, a lot of the time, a medium-sized music video will hurt the release of the song instead of help it. Because instead of branding you up, it sort of brands you down as somebody who's maybe doesn't have a professional team or they don't have a big budget. And it, that becomes distracting somewhat to the marketing of the song. And so I think this becomes a great alternative for those. Maybe they still go to Berklee College of Music and they don't have a lot of extra money to be shooting music videos to their first early music. The lyric video is a really strong visual that does not communicate to the viewer, you know, no budget, but at the same time, it is for a much smaller budget than what a big music video would be. So in a lot of ways, I think we help really solve a problem. I think that's, that's kind of where we fit. That's, that's, that's a really good point. If several points you've made and uh, what we at, at our agency see is that sometimes it's really good to test uh, a, a song with a lyric video and even decide oh. if you want to do, you know, a music video or not. And it's, it's so common to see several videos on a YouTube channel of an artist, like it can be a simple visualizer thing and then a lyric video and music video, like, especially on social media, it's, it's good because you can chop these videos into smaller things and you know just post it on the in different formats and so on uh a very technical question to you i just uh, listening to some podcast about uh, yet another podcast episode about uh, the growth of uh, vertical videos do you have any inputs on on vertical videos and co- video content yeah so the thing that i think is interesting about it is that it does it hasn't seemed the cool factor is definitely there like people seem to think it's quite cool but and maybe you can comment because i would enjoy if you are, if you share this perspective with me, but the cool factor is quite there, but I don't find it, it's done a great job of like a high usage rate or replacing YouTube or other video platforms. Like people think it's cool, but I don't find them going to watch a lot of vertical videos over a period of time. Would you agree? Like, do you see people spending a lot of time watching vertical videos? Oh yeah, a lot lot of uh, videos from different creators probably, but from one creator, like one long piece, like a music video, even if it's four or five minutes. I don't think so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's mobile, it's on the go. Oh, they want to be able to, to flip through things. So yeah, I think, I think that's the ultimate lesson. One of the things that I like to think about, and this thing never stays the same over time, right? It's always shifting, is how are people using that particular medium? You know, are they, do they want to watch it for 10 seconds? Where are they? How engaged are they? Is it the kind of thing where, you know, I think Facebook video when I watch a Facebook video, I watch 10 or 20 or 30 seconds, never more than that, unless I'm really, really engaged. But on YouTube, I'm way more likely to put it on and leave it on in the background. 
And I try to keep those things in mind when I'm producing content for each of those platforms that they really are watched in a slightly different but kind of important way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, these are important topics. So your session, I was so I'm glad I had a chance to attend at uh, Future Music Forum. It was really, really interesting and insightful. And uh, the title of it was The Importance of Artists Thinking Like Content Creators. So what was the, can you summarize the idea you've got here? And maybe, yeah, I I would love to us to find time to talk about uh, creating funnels specifically and how you use uh, ads on Facebook and other platforms uh, alongside just, uh, you know, proper content creation. Yeah, so what 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 could would you comment on the concept you presented there? Yeah, absolutely. So essentially the way I look at it is and it's a great segue from where we actually just were because if you look at how people use each of the social media platforms, there's some really important ways that they're used. And the one that I think is worth focusing on is Instagram is a great example. Instagram the way it's built, it has a high probability of people being able to stumble upon a new user account. You know, I find on Facebook I mostly try to stay internal to my friends. I might add a friend's friend. It's very unlikely that I'm going to hit a hashtag, for example, and find myself stumbling upon brand new people that I've never heard of. Instagram actually has some really great cross-stream functionality like hashtags that allow you to really reach out to new people. And then, of course, to grow upon that concept, the idea of using Instagram ads as well. So I guess the principle is that We're looking to release a song. That's ultimately the piece of art, right? It's whether it's a song or it's a poem or it's a short film you made. I think the principle is the same, but you've got this song and you want to release it to the world. And ultimately, it's really about trying to present that song in front of as many people as possible and tell a story that's interesting and engaging enough that those people want to kind of follow that back to the source and find out, you know, who is the artist? You know, where is this song on streaming platforms? How can I see it live? These are some of the things that they might want to do when they, in best case scenario, when they find this new song. So how do they find the song? You can't just post a song on Spotify, or sorry, on uh, Instagram. Yeah. You can, you could post it with an image, but that's not super engaging. I think if you really were to case study it and just think from, you know, you get a blank piece of paper out, how could I get someone's interest with a song on Instagram? And I think pretty quickly, you're going to get to some of the places that you and I are talking about, whether it's lyric video or a visualizer or some kind of animation or maybe a a 60 second music video that's getting quite popular, like where it's not even a full music video. These are the types of things that could capture someone's attention and tell your story and leave a couple of points in that story for people to kind of fall in love with, for, for them to identify with. Right. You know, maybe it's that you that you're telling the story of an underdog. That's one I, I talk about a lot because there are a lot of people out there where they'll immediately gravitate towards that. And if you do a good job of presenting that aspect of yourself within the content, whether it's within the video or within the lyrics that are presented in a certain way, maybe through a lyric video, to ensure that the viewer is seeing that this is what you're singing about. I think there's something really something to that is you want to give them as many, you know, grab points as possible. For things to like, you know, whether it's the the video, the song, the message, you know, the fact that you're a cool punk rocker who doesn't, who doesn't give a heck. Like these are the types of things that people are looking for when they're scrolling through Instagram. The challenge is to reach the people with these beautiful pieces of content that you create. Although, I mean, it's 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 something that we 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 want to emphasize the fact that a, a creation of a proper narrative and content is crucial. So many musicians, unfortunately, kind of skip this step and just try to 
drive traffic attention to the accounts while there may be not too many interesting things to uh, to watch or check out. So this part is crucial. Yeah, and I think it's funny because I think even if you and I weren't in the music business, you know what I mean? And we were just to talk about like somebody wants a bunch of people to come give them five seconds, come give them some of their attention over here. And then you get there and you look around a little bit and you go, there's nothing here. <laughs> there's like, you've not given them any reason to be excited and yet you expect excitement. And I think if you really look at it and you say, okay, I want people to come to my Instagram account and think that this person is interesting, interesting enough to, to want to go to the link in their profile and listen to their song. That's ultimately what we're, if for most bands or acts, that's what we're talking about. Well, what are the types of things that would make you want to do that? Maybe if they were really funny or if the photography was mind blowing or if they had figured out some cool kind of FX or like camera tricks. These are all the kinds of things that if I were to see on Instagram, I would go back probably to the profile and be like, cool, like who's this person? Oh, they're a singer? Oh, let me check out their song. And so here's the thing, we're talking about surprising and delighting and entertaining right now, but it needs to be equally paired with it being authentic to you so that when they get to the song, it's like, wow, this makes sense that this is the song by that person. Like it all kind of, like you, I think the word you used was narrative. And it's like, I think that's a really powerful word because you don't just want to do this willy nilly and be like, hey, Ill Vibe said that we should do like cool effects. It's like, well, if you're like a folk band, maybe that's not the right thing for you. But maybe, you know, fun one minute covers of modern songs in your band's folk style would be a really fun viral video that would make people want to consider going into the profile and then later clicking through to the music. And so I think it's really about, when I, when I talk about this, I try not to give the answer. It's more of the algorithm. Because if you think about it, it actually makes a lot of sense that what you really want to do is amplify your story and make it easy to understand so that people can follow that story back to you and then fall in love with your music. And I think once you really internalize that, that's quite an easy concept. Yeah, no, that perfectly makes sense. So going back to what uh, you, you touched upon a bit, so uh, any still any additional recommendations for bringing attention? to yourself using the algorithms or creating great content and self is the best marketing strategy because youtube and instagram all these platforms will notice if the content is being watched and being engaged with and will push it to others so so many musicians don't believe that it's working but it's just because it's not working for them but actually platforms are really good at this personalization because the whole business is built on keeping people in the app beats and youtube or facebook or whatever or stories on instagram so that's one and uh, the yeah so things like hashtags is a good example so do you have you been utilizing ads uh, a lot yourself yeah i think and the reason why i focus so much on what we've been talking about so far the authenticity and like the you know the cool factor of creating the content is because the ads don't work if you don't load them with the potent ammunition right so once you've got that established, yeah, it's absolutely time to start looking at ads. And by the way, just as a brief side, the reason I sometimes mention hashtags, which are far less effective than ads, is I do like to open it up to people who potentially don't have a big budget. And hashtags are like a small budget way of creating small bits of advertising for your, you know, for your posts and your content. So for someone who doesn't have an advertising budget, I think that's always a, thing, an ent a good entry point. So what is so, sorry for interrupting you, but yeah. what, what exactly do you, do you recommend there? Like an uh, example, just uh, researching, you know, relevant hashtags. Yeah, it's, it's relevant hashtags to you. So if you're, let's say you're a singer and you really want to launch yourself as the singer songwriter, it's hashtags like hashtag singer songwriter, hashtag songwriter, hashtag female songwriter. And these are the types of things that are going to get 
a little bit of cross-pollination from other people in kind of your space. And advertising works like that, but on steroids, and we can talk a bit about that in a second. But again, for people who don't maybe don't have budget for advertising yet, if, if some young musician is listening to this, that's a great first step into trying to get your content exposed by other people who are kind of in your lane. Maybe they're moving parallel to you. Maybe they're fans. Maybe they're people who are looking for people in your lane. You know, I've met a couple of publishers and people like that who followed hashtags back to me because I was just documenting what I was doing well. Yeah. You know? And yeah, by the way, to be clear, I would want us to talk for, about just the uh, the content creation for hours. It's not that I'm forcing you to talk about ads. I just know that, first of all, a lot of our listeners are waiting <laughs> for that moment. And then I have a few more questions to you, so I want us to cover as much as possible. But I hope that our listeners get your point well, that you just cannot skip this process of creating great, authentic content and finding your voice on social media. It's very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. Like anything else, you know, shows get onto major network television shows or network network television stations all the time and are canceled because they aren't entertaining. So at the end of the day, no matter how many people are watching, if it is not entertaining, you ultimately can be working yourself in reverse and that people will make their minds up that this is not entertaining and they, they can move on. So it really is about finding something really interesting and dynamic about your thing and packaging it in a cool way and then and then presenting it on your Instagram and other and other social media sites as well. Especially if you're when you get into the advertising realm, it's not just Instagram because Facebook is great. I use Twitter a little bit less, but I do I do a little bit there and then on YouTube as well. Because yeah, I mean connecting it to the hashtag and what we've talked so far, you know, ads what it's really about, I think the thesis about ads is your ability to target I think for people who've never bought a, a social media ad before and never kind of put some money there, you can target so deeply that you can really get inside the heads of the people who will see the ad in the future. So you think about, you know, how old are the people who listen to your music? Because for me, you know, it's definitely, I get very few bits of fan mail for people over 50. I know this. So a lot of the time when I'm buying an ad, I immediately run it between 19, which means you're old enough to even come see me live in concert. And like 47 or something like that, because I know that's the range on my ads. Um, and then it gets so much deeper than that. When you go geographics, maybe you use your Spotify numbers to advertise in a market where you're already, it's already the fifth or sixth highest streaming city on your Spotify numbers, for example. And it's like, well, let's fuel that fire so we can potentially create a little bit of an ecosystem there where people have heard my name and they're sharing my music. And you can target geographically. You can target based on the things they like, the artists that they like and the artists that they listen to. On Twitter, you can advertise based on who they've tweeted about before. So if they've tweeted about artists that sound like you, it will simply show a link to your music video to those people at some point. And if you really think about that, that gives you the ability to handpick potential fans based on their likelihood to become super fans of you. And that's when you have to really be self-aware of what, what do you sound like? What do you look like? Who are your potential fans? What types of people are those? You know, who are they listening to right now? What are, who are the five artists that the people that are going to be your number one fan are listening to right now. And we can, through ads on each of these platforms and positioning content in those places, you can put your little bit of content in front of the people that, based on your hard thinking and maybe a little bit of research, are listening to. And uh, it's like, just, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would want to hear your thoughts or comments on what kind of content to advertise here. What's commonly happening is the musicians who are new to ads uh, set up some Facebook ads uh, driving traffic to uh, to to their store, uh, trying to sell their 
physical product, a CD, a merch, or even a digital copy of, of their album to strangers while, you know, not driving traffic through, through, through these paid channels to the great content that they created, which is free out there. It doesn't sell anything, but may serve a different kind of purpose. So what kind of strategy do you usually use what, in terms of which kind of content, pieces of content to show to what kind of audiences? Well, yeah, that's a great question. For me, as soon as you get into the realm of your targeting the kinds of super fans who tweet about their favorite artists and, you know, are like talking about their favorite artists on social media, these are like young music super fans. So honestly, I'm in the lyric video space for a reason because they really respond well to content that looks like it was produced for them. And I think lyric videos are a good example of that because when they watch it, there's no mystery if this was made for MTV or if this is the label's vision for the artist. A lyric video feels like a piece of content gifted to the fans. And it also gives the fans a chance to learn the lyrics or fall in love with the hook maybe a little bit more quickly because they're reading it while they're listening to it. And the other thing about lyric videos is through color and visual, they're so highly branded. Like let's say you're a punk rock type singer. We could do so many little punk rock visuals in the video that the viewer is getting that punk rock aesthetic washing over them for the full 60 seconds of the video, presuming that they watch all the way through it. And so it's just a really potent piece of branding. But for myself, as, as Ilvibe, for example, I've also done a lot of experimentation recently with the short music video. So it's me performing the song, it's a, it's a music video, but there's no longer version on YouTube. That's the, it's like a commercial for the song in a lot of ways. And I think that's interesting too, because when it works, if someone's digging the record and the visual speaks to them, Instead of splitting the audience, some of them end up on YouTube watching the whole video and some of them end up on your streaming platform, which is, I think, the ultimate destination for most acts. It really just pushes people to the, to the streaming platform because it's a commercial for that. Yeah. You know? A great, great, great point. Yeah. No, it's a great tip because it's, it's also easier relatively to create a short video. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, good news. Essentially, you can achieve a lot. That is totally what I'm saying. And the other thing is, here's, a, here's an important phrase that people should learn and keep in mind. And the phrase is call to action. Because when the video ends, 45 seconds, it's me performing, it's dynamic, you're into it, you're like, who's this guy? And then it ends, the person's just going to keep scrolling. Unless maybe you say, the song is available right now on Spotify, the link's in my bio, also this is the title of it or whatever. It's like, yeah. well, now you've told them that if they're really enjoying it, here's what you could do. You can go play the song. And I think sometimes it's play the song, sometimes it's, you know, go follow me on this new social media platform or I'm trying to get my Twitter numbers up or whatever your, whatever the metric you're trying to get up is. I think for most, it's ultimately Spotify, Apple Music and that kind of thing. But that's, that call to action phrase is super important because otherwise you've built up all this like energy with them and when they leave, it, it gets kind of expelled and, and wasted. And so I think that call yeah. to action is important. You know? So important, it's crucial. Uh, one of the highlights of your session was related to CDA when you mentioned when you, you get some fan mail, you some hardcore fans, diehard fans of yours reach out with some positive feedback. So what you do in these cases, you may potentially ask them to go elsewhere and do a particular action, like leaving the same comments elsewhere, kind of turning it into, into something that's more valuable to you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So as I recall it, we're talking about educating your super fans, because once you start to get to that spot where you've got like, you know, I've got like 40 odd people who it's like everything I do, they literally comment like, what can I do to help you make this pop, Billy? You know what I mean? And I have 40 and, you know, Selena Gomez has 400,000. But 
everybody has a certain number of these super fans yeah. and they want, they want to help you. And so I think an important thing you could do is almost from like a management perspective, like arm them with the information of what's helpful to you because them playlisting your song on Spotify is really helpful. Spotify seeing that there's a, your song was added to a hundred playlists in the first day is amazing in terms of converting your fans to actual Spotify numbers. And if your super fans don't know that, then maybe they'll never ever do it instead of doing it every single time. And I think those types of things are important. So I've often, I often use my Facebook for that. I'll write a little mini blog post like, hey guys, if you, my album's about to come out, here's the three ways you can help my, really help the release. You know, instead of commenting on Facebook, comment on YouTube because YouTube comments are forever and Facebook comments are lost on the newsfeed. It's like once you tell your fans that one time, they remember that and then they start to leave those comments in the important places and that type of thing, you know? And you bring uh, these people to, to a particular platform such as Spotify and YouTube. Uh, yeah. In, in this case, it's not spread all over your profiles. If it's uh, 10, 40, 400 people, you want to ensure that uh, the great feedback and uh, the, the actions they do to support you are accumulated on just a couple platforms uh, because it will make a difference for the algorithms, how it's perceived by public, by promoters and booking agents and all this good stuff. Great, great ideas here. Is there anything else from that presentation of yours or anything anything else related to this huge topic about content creation? I would really like to have you on this show sometime in the future again so we talk a bit about it more. But yeah, is there anything else you would like to share with us or with the musicians listening to us right now? I think I'd just like to double down on what ultimately matters is the seed at the beginning. You know, every musician knows that The music video doesn't matter if the music isn't great, you know, and it's like it really does build out from there in that exact same way. So in the exact same way that you that, you know, when you're picking the single that you want to promote, there's no there's I don't know a single musician who doesn't really think over the quality of the song. And is it the right song? And does it really speak to their voice and who they are? It's like the music video or the content or the lyric video or whatever you make that becomes the next layer outside that. You really want to approach that in the exact same way. Is this really authentic? Is this really interesting? Does this really speak to our fans? And then once you have the content, you really want the ads to feel just as authentic. It's like these layers of the same thing. And it's hard for a musician to think of the ads as being the same thing as their music, but keeping in mind that for the new fans, they're really all one experience. They click the ad, they see the video or whatever order, you know what I mean? They see the video, they click the ad and they go to the song. It's one user experience. And if you can really internalize that, I think you can tell your story better. Time for a call to action. Uh, considering that most of our listeners are industry people and musicians for the most part, I guess you would want to mention something about lyric feeds, uh, maybe a couple of words on how the, yeah, so how anyone interested in creating a lyric music video can, you know, check you out and uh, what are the options maybe? Yeah, absolutely. So lyricvids.com, obviously the URL is right in the name. If you'd like to reach out to us, our email is lyricvids.com, D-O-T-C-O-M at gmail.com. So, I mean, to connect it to what we've been talking about throughout this interview, one of the things that we're really great at is internalizing the artist and their brand and the song and the single artwork and really creating a lyric video that fits perfectly in the universe that they've already started to create whether it's the themes or the colors, we're obviously really great at looking at the fonts you've already begun to have selected. And we can kind of turn that into a whole treatment when it comes to the text in the lyric video. So it feels almost like 
the single art or the logo for the artist is coming to life. These are the things that we like to do is create seamless lyric videos. So it doesn't, it's not like, oh, who made that lyric video? It looks like the rest of the imagery is just moving and it's the visual representation of everything else. And I think if you can pull that off seamlessly, it really is an important piece of every release. It's like, you've got the static image, you've got the audio, and the lyric video is this entertaining introduction to the fans so they can learn the words and that meshes so perfectly with everything else that your team has already created. So that's what we do. And we do that at all budget levels. It starts at just $100 a verse for what we call our standard. And I think the most we've ever gotten is 5,000 euros for something super crazy. So everything on the spectrum we, are, you know, we do, you know, and it all has that custom seamless feel to it. And I think uh, that's kind of what we're known for. Great, great approach. So making videos that uh, feed the branding of an artist uh, properly. It's, yeah, it's it's great because, I mean, clearly you, you got it. So I'm not surprised that you are doing it that way because, uh, I mean, as anyone listening to uh, to this conversation could understand, you really understand it from the artist's perspective. You you, you, you get it well. And I really like how uh, your approach to, uh, to to explaining that to others and, uh, and teaching that stuff. So uh, keep it up. Uh, I, I can see like the, the, um, the crazy amounts of uh, projects and things going on in your life right now. Good luck with everything. We'll keep an eye on uh, lyricbeats.com and um, what you do creatively as, as, as a musician. And um, yeah, just uh, wanted to thank you for um, the great insights you've shared with us. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, for people who uh, listen to podcasts, uh, my wife and I have a podcast. It's called Damaged Goods Podcast. You can find it on any, any streaming platform. That I'm linking to it as well, of course. Yeah, so it's in the show notes. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate the conversation. Thank you a lot for listening. Don't forget about my call to action request. Please tweet us, Vibe Music and Meta Andrew. Let us know what you think if you have any questions or feedback. And I highly recommend you following uh, Ily on his social media platforms. Uh, a great music artist, so you may just like his uh, music stuff and uh, uh, check out lyricvids.com and um, Uh, everything else uh, he's working on Um, yeah I hope you enjoyed it Uh, let us know and uh, don't forget to uh, keep an eye on uh, new episodes we are uh, working on something cool and going to get back to the regular release schedule as I mentioned Um, thank you all for staying subscribed and listening to music growth talks see you next time You've been listening to Music Growth Talks with Andrew Apanov. Find more episodes and subscribe at musicgrowthtalks.com.